Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Again, I am excited about this series. I really believe the heart of God is for us as Christians to have our eyes open further than they've ever been open on this subject. It will literally, it will literally impact the very way we live on planet Earth. So I want to begin with a story about Horatio Spafford. And you see him uh, on the screens. And he was a businessman in Chicago. And he had five children, a boy and four daughters. And he lost his entire business in the great Chicago fire in the late 1800s. And that same year, he lost his son to pneumonia. So you can imagine the grief that his family went through. A couple years later, they decided to visit um, Europe and they, they, they had tickets for an ocean liner. And uh, just before they left, Horatio had to do some things with the business. He told his wife, you jump on, I'll get on one in a couple days and I'll meet you there in Europe. Well, they're three days into the trip and, and another big ship hit them and that ocean liner sunk. And the uh, only one in their family that was saved was the mom, Anna, and all four children passed away. When she was rescued and got to land in Europe, she wired her husband and said, hey, I'm, we told him what happened. He said, I'll jump on an ocean liner real quick. And so he does, he's three days into the trip and the captain comes up and he says, this is the spot where your four daughters went into the sea. And here's a guy, he's a businessman, but he wrote one of the most famous hymns ever right then and there, which is called, It Is Well With My Soul. And I just wanna show you his belief in eternity and how that impacted Incredible grief. He, if, if I were him, I would, be, I would just be wailing and crying right then and there. And, and I'm sure he was. But at the same time, God gave him something that has impacted billions of lives, really, this song. And here's, here's how it reads. Um, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot... Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. That's how the song begins. Look, look at the first part. When peace like a river attendeth my way. As I walk through life, God can bring peace into our lives. No matter what our lot is, no matter what we're going through, uh, he's gonna grieve no matter what, him and his wife, but God's flooding him with this thing called peace. And in this next line, when sorrows like sea billows roll or the ocean waves, I just think about those are the waves that took his daughters, but he's making a bold statement. I have hope in the future and I have hope that I'll see them again. He goes on to write, uh, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. And now he's just, you know, reminding himself and reminding us that when we accept Jesus, it's well with our soul. We're, we are going to live on. We're going to see those relatives we lose in the future. And listen to how it closes out. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
oh my soul. And he goes on with some more, it's well with my souls to end the song. And when I read this, all I could think of with this story is, this man has hope to see his daughters again. And that's exactly how his wife felt. And that's not to minimize their grief. Their grief had to go on for years, right? This is crazy. But at the same time, God is ministering his peace to them. And he wants to do that with each and every one of us. But they had an understanding of eternity. Whenever I do a funeral for a Christian, I always like to say at one point in the funeral, your relationship with them is not over. It's on pause because you will see them again. And part of what I wanna do with this series is help us understand this thing called eternity. And and here's the first thing I I wanna just bring out. This is my big idea. So this is what I want us to walk out of this lesson, understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. Humans are living in a temporary body, waiting to go to an eternal home. And I didn't say Christians on purpose. I said humans. Do you know that all human beings are eternal? We all will live forever. The question is where. And sometimes we we hear it said that when Adam and Eve sinned, they died spiritually. And we think when we hear that word died, that they ceased to exist. But that's not what happened. They were sin stained, right? And separation from God came. And then we know the scripture, before we met Christ, we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. Well, we're not dead in the sense that you and I think of dead, ceasing to exist. Every person on planet earth is eternal. And I'm going to help you see that today. And guys, we're, we're living in a temporary body. Everything is temporary here. So uh, our bodies are growing old. And, and I think all of us know that. I remember years ago uh, after service, we had, we had an NFL football player in service. And um, I talked to him afterwards and he was a cornerback. For those of you that don't know football, cornerbacks are the best athletes on the defense. Uh, they're, they're freaks of nature. They're the quickest guys out there. And they have to guard those fast guys on offense going out for a pass. And this guy was right near 30. And he told me that he was retiring. I said, isn't that a little young to retire? And he said, he said, listen, he said, I have lost a step. I can't keep up with the guys coming out of college. And that just blew my mind. I thought, whoa, but now, now that I'm 61, I, I, you know, I, I've lost many steps and you and I have all lost steps, right? And, and, and everything on this earth is temporary. This beautiful building we're in is temporary. It will not last forever. Boardman, you have a beautiful building. You have plans for an addition. It's temporary. It won't last forever. TCI, you guys are in quite a building there and it won't last forever. Can we all say, yeah, it's not gonna last forever there. I'm excited about that for, for all of you guys. And, and everything on this earth is, is just temporary. Our businesses are temporary, everything that's of this earth. And, and I want you to listen to a scripture. It goes like this, 1 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We'll, we'll read verse 18 in a minute. I know you're gonna cheat, I would. But, 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 but listen to verse 17, guys. For our light and momentary troubles. This is the Apostle Paul. The Holy Spirit's giving him words to write, but this fascinates me because he was stoned and left for dead. He was dead. He was killed by stoning. Uh, he was beaten with rods. That would be equivalent to a, a, a lunum and bat today. Uh, shipwrecked, chased out of town, run for his life all the time. And, and he calls out a light problem. That's crazy, isn't it? And this next word is amazing. It's momentary problems. That's because this life when you compare it to eternity, 
it's just a speck in time. If we live to be 100, eternity's billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of years. So he's just trying to get us focused in the right place. And I pastor a church and I have to periodically refocus because this world has a way of pulling us in, right? And, and then you just go through the motions and, and you want that fire back. So messages like this help me refocus. Listen to verse 18. So we fix our eyes. That means we focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So anything we can see with these eyes, touch with these hands, they are temporary. And he's saying, don't focus on that. Focus on what is eternal. And the eternal things would be heaven, God, angels, our spirit, man. That's the eternal. Can't see them with these eyes, but they are more real than this earth. Heaven's just a different dimension. I don't know exactly how to figure it out in my brain, but it's as real as earth. And we're gonna talk about that in an up and coming message, guys. So here's what I thought I'd do for this first lesson because humans are living in a temporary body waiting for an eternal home. I thought I'd talk about five eternal realities. And these are the top five that you could come up with 10. They're the top five and they'll change our lives if we understand them. And, and here's the first. We were made by God for God. I don't care who you are, don't care how bad you are. We were made by God for God. God made us so we could have a relationship with him. He made us and he loves us like crazy. And I remember when I was about 16 years old, I, I was just one of those guys that was born really bad. All I could think about is what bad thing can I do next? So I, I had six siblings, no, 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 not kidding. So. Uh, my firstborn, our firstborn's brother was Jim and then Tony, then Dave. They were just, you know, they were boys, but they were good. They were just good guys. And then there was me, number four, Mike, number five. We were evil. Mike and I, I like to say he was more evil, but uh, we were both, all we could think about is the next bad thing to do. And here's, here's how bad we were. We, my, my mom made us both be altar boys. And so when the priest was opening the safe where he stored all the wine and everything. We just watched and memorized the combination. Then we'd go in there and steal wine and drink church wine. That's really bad. And we did a lot of other bad things. Then, then we had John and Pat, and they were the best of us. They were such good kids. And so right around 16, I thought, I must be a mistake. I mean, there's no way God likes me. There's no way God made me. And I just came to this place where I thought, I've got to be a mistake. But then after I accepted Christ, I realized, no, even then God loved me. Even then God loves us. Even where you're at right now, he loves us. And listen to this incredible scripture, uh, Colossians 1, 15 and 16. The son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And this is referring to when he came and took on a body. He always existed. He's God. Verse 16, for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That includes us. God made us and he made us to have a relationship with him. And God loved me when I was that terrible guy. You know, after I accepted Christ, I realized we all have a sin nature. Mine was just stronger. I don't know why Mike's was stronger. Some people aren't but he still loves us. He loves every one of us. And I want to share scripture with you concerning that. Jeremiah 31, three, the Lord appeared to us 
in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. Now you can find verses like this from cover to cover, New Testament, Old Testament. I like this one, guys, because it has this phrase, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That means that he never stops loving us. You know, some people will go to that other place called hell and you know, it will break God's heart because he loves them. They were made by God for God and he loves them so much. It'll be the toughest thing. By the way, I'm gonna teach on hell next week. I am. And, uh, and, and we're gonna understand things about hell that we've never understood. How can a loving God let someone go there, right? Um, uh, we're, we're gonna just, it's gonna be an eye opener and I'm gonna teach it deeper than I've ever taught it. Uh, there are some really known, some of the best known preachers today, they will say, uh, because our culture, the majority of people no longer believe the Bible is the word of God. Um, they will say that I should never talk about hell in church. And here's what I would say, okay? I don't agree with them. They're great guys, but I don't agree with them. Here's why. Whether you believe the Bible is the word of God or not, the, the word of God is powerful and living and it penetrates hearts. And when I wanted nothing to do with God, the word of God got through to me and I'm glad someone talked to me. Even when I didn't believe God existed or the Bible was God, I'm glad, it's powerful. And so we don't talk about it all the time, but once in a while we have to talk about it. And here's one of the things I wanted to do for us, us that know God, uh, I, I want us to be more aware of who we're rubbing shoulders with. So he loves us with an everlasting love. It's everlasting. So get a hold of this guys. I didn't understand God's love clearly until I had, Gina and I had our first child. And I remember when Joe Jr. was born and I felt this love come out of me and I was like in shock. I thought, I didn't even know I could have this kind of love. It was like, I'll die for this kid. That's the kind of love it was. Now, I felt love for the first time when I met Gina, but that's romantic love, you know? And I can't compare God to romantic love. Like, oh, Joe, I love your eyes or something, you know? <laughs> I can't do that. Stay away from me with that stuff. Um, but, but I could compare God's love for me when it comes to kids. And then Dave was born and I loved him just the same. And it's like, whoa, I didn't think I could have that much love inside me. Then Michelle was born and I loved her the same. Then Deanna was born and I loved her the same. And then even when our kids make mistakes, it's crazy. You just begin to understand the love of God. Our kids were pretty good. Joe had a little rebellious streak right around junior high. And uh, he went to a school where you had to tuck your shirt in and wear a belt. And we made sure he left the house every morning that way. But he would get to school, untuck his shirt, take his belt off, put it in a locker. He did this once for a couple weeks stress, uh, stretch. And he got a detention every day. And finally, his teachers brought us in and they said, hey, we, we had this conference with all Joe's teachers. <laughs> and they're telling us, you know, he doesn't listen, you know. And, and the worst part is I was the president and CEO of the school he was going to. So that was really bad. So, so but you know, through the whole thing and anything else our kids ever did, do you know I still love them the same? And that's how God feels about every single one of us. It's an everlasting love. We were made by God for God. Here's the second eternal reality. It's pretty cool. It goes like this. We were made to live forever. Every human being will live forever. Your spirit man, not your bodies, but your spirit man. And I, ne I will never forget the first time I faced 
death, where I really saw death. I had this uncle, Uncle Art. He was my mom's brother-in-law, married to my mom's sister, Jenny. And uh, he was one of my favorite uncles. At the time, my favorite uncle. And he had throat cancer and he was in the hospital and they said he had three or four days to live. And I begged my parents, I was 10, by the way, I begged my parents to let me go see him. And they kept saying, no, you don't want to. I said, I have to, I have to say goodbye to Uncle Art. And finally they gave in and I walk in the hospital room and he's skin and bones and he's laying there moaning and he has so much morphine, he doesn't even know who I was. And I thought I should have listened to mom and dad and not come in. But, but here's what hit me at that stage, 10 years old. I'll never see him again. But that wasn't true. He kept living after that. Now, the question is where the, we live, but he continued to live after that. And everybody is eternal, Christian or not. Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.11. Everything is pro- appropriate in its own time. But though God has planted eternity in the hearts of men, Even so, many cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And I've been teaching the Bible for almost 40 years and I still can't fully understand everything about God, but we're interested in that middle part. God has planted eternity in the hearts of men. What it's saying is our spirits are eternal. They're eternal. And listen to one more section of scripture, Ecclesiastes 12, six. Life lovely while it lasts is soon over. Life as we know it, precious and beautiful ends. And I remember in my 20s, I thought I'd never die. My 30s thought, now I'm gonna live forever. And now at 61, I'm like, whoa, (laughs) it's not that much time left, right? I mean, there's time, but there's more time behind me than there is in front of me. Life is quick, right? But listen to verse seven. The body is put back in the same ground it came from. That means our bodies will decay. The spirit returns to God who first breathed it. Mom and dad make the outside. God puts an eternal spirit inside each and every person. And that's important for us to understand. And and every human being will have to stand before God and and answer. Now, Christians, it's different. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's talk about this next eternal reality, guys. And it's just this simple. God created two eternal homes. One is called heaven. One is called hell. And hell is not something I like to talk about, but I know I have to periodically. And you and I have to understand it. And I remember the first time I understood this, I accepted Christ and I came to realize, hey, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And I realized I was like, whoa. So here's what happened when I first understood it. All I could think about is all my relatives that already died, that I loved, you know, great grandmas and some grandparents and aunts, uncles, great aunts and uncles. And all I could think of was, where did they go? Did they accept Christ as their savior? But then it did something else for me. Uh, It made me want to tell everybody I knew about Jesus. And so all my loved ones, I just wanted them to know about Jesus. And, And I had no wisdom and no couth. You know, the Bible says, look for open doors. I banged doors open. I, I told all of them, if you don't accept Jesus, you're gonna go to hell. No wisdom whatsoever. I'm sorry for all my relatives. And, 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 uh, but you know what? The zeal was there. So now what I want when I teach a message like this, I want us to be aware of everybody we love, everybody we rub shoulders with in school, at work, wherever it's at, that all those people are eternal and there's only one of two places they go 
after death. There's just two addresses. And I'm going to read from a really cool text. I don't have time to teach the context. Just want two verses to show us the two locations. And here, here's the first, Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. He's talking about heaven. And I like the fact heaven was created. That's lesson three. We'll talk about what heaven's gonna be like. And the fact that God prepared it for us is amazing. And, and that's one of the addresses. Here's the other address, Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire. We'll understand why they're cursed in a moment. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Guys, this is really important to understand. God never intended for one human being to go to hell. It was not created for us. It was created for the devil. And I, you know, I'm going to talk about an answer next week too. Is can the devil be converted? That's, that's a great question. And we're going to talk about that answer too. But guys, this is the other place. And there's just two places where we have an opportunity to go after we leave this earth. And that's important for us to understand that People are going to go to one or another. According to the Christian Bible, the Catholic Bible, there's just two places, right? So here's eternal truth number four, and this one's really important. God allows us to choose where we spend eternity. This is really important. I've had some relatives that have lived really, really long lives, and, and I'm convinced I know why. I don't think it was their genes. Uh, God made us a promise in the Bible, he said, if, if you accept me, I will save you and your household. And, and I hold dear to that. And I think some of my relatives, I mean, they, they destroyed their bodies drinking and smoking, but they lived near, you know, near 100. And, and that's because they were stubborn and they wouldn't accept Jesus. I really believe God kept them alive uh, so, so that they could be saved. And we don't always know what they do. Sometimes we pray with them, sometimes we don't. But I really believe God keeps some people alive because we choose where we spend eternity. And let me just show you a really famous verse, and then we'll read one that comes after it that's not so famous. Uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So when we believe in Jesus, we get to go to heaven. But, but notice, if we don't, we perish. And he goes on to say this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus didn't come here to point his fingers at us. You know, He didn't come here to point his finger at me before I met him, say, Joe, you are a mistake. You're an awful person and I don't even like you. I mean, he, he didn't do that. He came to save us. And listen to verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So listen to what he's saying. We're born condemned or we're born headed for that other place. And the way we escape it is not by our works, but we escape it by believing in Jesus. And so all these people we rub shoulders with, if they don't make the right decision, there's only one place, and you'll understand lesson three, why they can't go to heaven. There's just this one place they can go. It's an awful place. And so that makes me just more conscious than I've ever been. Here, here's one of my fears. I don't want to arrive in heaven. And all of a sudden, you know, we'll understand all things at that point. 
I don't want to find out that there are some people I rubbed shoulders with that, that, that never made the right choice and that I ignored and I didn't try to reach out to. So my goal is to reach out to as many as I can. Guys, that's why I love Believer's Church, TCI, Borman, Warren. We exist to see a city connected to God. I wanna thank all of you that give to make that happen. I wanna thank all of you that volunteer to make that happen because we are rescuing lots of people. And I just wanna, like myself too, I just wanna make sure we're in the right place and our hearts and our minds are right where they need to be. So here's the fifth spiritual reality. You ready? Eternal reality. We only have one opportunity to make a choice. This is not dress rehearsal. So we don't get to come back and live this life over. This is our one big chance, right? And we never know for sure when we're going to go. I remember uh, it was after a Sunday service that Kobe died two weeks ago, Kobe Bryant. And Kobe was like Michael Jordan. I'm a Cavs fan. He's an LA Laker. And I'm not a Lakers fan, but you couldn't not like Kobe. And I was never a Bulls fan, but you couldn't not like Michael Jordan. They're they're just such extraordinary athletes and and good people, nice to everybody. You just, you you loved him. And I'm driving in my car after church and I hear that he died 41, the plane crash, and his daughter was with him. And, and I began to weep. I just wept. And I, all I could think of is, whoa, whoa, we're going to miss him. He's, he's an incredible guy. His whole life was in front of him almost. And, and, but then I also had this thought, we never know, guys. We just never know. And, and that's, why, that's why I do altar calls every weekend. That's why I just, I, I'm, I'm feisty in this area because I want to give people a chance because we don't know when that chance will no longer be there, but it's on this side of eternity, not, not the other side. And I grew up Catholic, as I said, and I went through parochial school all the way to the end of 11th grade, 12th grade, I transferred to public school. But I was in religion classes in high school, I think it was three times a week. And I really understood and knew the Catholic doctrine. And I knew a lot of the Bible, but I wasn't a Christian yet. And I remember when I learned about this place called Purgatory, and if you're, you're Catholic, you, you remember that. And I'm not coming against Catholic Church, you'll see that as I go forward. But I remember hearing about it, and Purgatory was the place you went if, you, if your good works did not weigh your bad. You'd go there and kind of like pay, pay a price, you know, till you can go to heaven. And I remember about 16, I thought, you know what? I don't have a chance. Because people that were here could light a candle for you or have a mass said or pray for you and get you out, help get you out. And I thought by the time I die, the only one that would ever pray for me would be my mom. Nobody else would like me. And, and uh, I just thought, you know what? I'm never getting out of purgatory, probably going to hell. And I thought if, I'm, if that's where I'm going, I'm, I'm just gonna live like the devil and have fun. If I'm going there anyway, I might as well have a good time on the way there, right? And that was about 16 where that began to happen in my life. And yet that, that's not true. And the Catholic Church even says that. I want you to listen to two things. Pope John Paul II stated publicly, it's not an actual place. He studied the Bible, the Catholic and probably said, there is no purgatory. And then listen to this, Pope Benedict had it removed from the catechism. So for those of us that are older, that's actually now removed. And, and these great popes, they came to realize, you know what? You have to make that choice on this side of eternity. And I have a, I have a, a scripture for us, a section. It's so powerful. And, and it's not 
for Christians, if you're a Christian, this will not be your time of judgment. We will sit before the judgment seat of Christ and be rewarded for, for how we live down here. But this, this is everybody else. And I want you to listen. Revelations 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Uh, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open, plural. These are the books of works. Another book was open, which is the book of life. Your name gets in the book of life when you accept Jesus. So if you want your name in any book, it's the book of life, right? Uh, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the book. So God is going to show them all their good works and they're gonna be judged according to that. So just to help you out, when I was a young Christian, someone gave me a chick track and they're no longer around, but there are these little comic tracks about this big, you know, and they had one on judgment. And the one on judgment, what, what it showed, and they, they were saying it was for Christians, is God would play your entire life before you and, and everybody you know and love, and they would all see everything you did behind closed doors. And I'm like, whew, I thought, this is gonna be a shaming time for sure, right? Even as a Christian, don't we make mistakes and sin and, and, and do things we shouldn't do? And we all have a little secret here or there, right? And, and it's like, whoa. And then I realized, no, Jesus paid the price for our sins. He died for our past, present, and future sins. And we're not gonna be judged because you can't go to heaven on your works. You can only go by putting faith in the Lord Jesus. And TCI Borman Warren, I think this is a good time to say, Whew, thank you, Jesus. Can we give it up for him? It's exciting, man. I'm so glad he took our sins, right? Now listen to verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. So God, for these non-Christians, the books will come out. And, but listen to this. It goes on to say, Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Do you notice how the other books don't even matter? In other words, what people are gonna realize is you cannot do enough good works to be saved. And you and I wanna understand that. So there's some people listening now, you're not a Christian yet. Listen, you may be really good. You may not be like Mike and I, my brother, uh, but, but no matter how good you are, that's not enough. That's not enough. You have to get your name in the other book. And that's the name we wanna make sure people's, uh, that's the book we wanna make sure people's names will be in. And so that's why my heart for this lesson is bringing us to a place to where we're conscious that all humans are eternal. They're living in a temporary body waiting for that eternal place. And I have two things I wanna pray as we close this service out. So could we close our eyes, bow our heads, let's pray. And the first one is for us Christians and myself included, by the way. I think I made that clear. This world can pull us away, stop thinking about these things. And we still love God, but this world get, becomes busy, right? So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, I pray this for all of us Christians. I ask you to make us more aware than we have ever been about this place called eternity. I ask you to help us focus on that life like we, we heard in the scriptures. And Lord, we ask you to help us see open doors when we have an opportunity to share Christ. We ask you to help us be a light that shines as we walk through life. 
And we ask you, Lord, to make us aware of those people we rub shoulders with, that they are eternal. And we want them to go to heaven with us and they have to meet Christ and have their name written in that book. Father, would you make us more aware of that than ever? And if you're listening, TCI Borman Warren, and you agree with this prayer, you say, I want that to come to pass in my life. Would you just say amen right now? Amen. Let's say it a little louder. Amen. Yeah, all right, all right. Now, heads are bad, eyes are closed. Now I want to talk to those maybe that have not yet accepted Christ. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking if you believe in God or not. I'm not asking you if you're a raised Christian. I'm not asking any of that. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it real with Jesus? Because we can know him intellectually. That's not what I'm asking. Have you accepted him into your heart? It's a big difference. I did that at 19. It's a big difference. The light comes on when that happens. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day. My question to you is, why not today? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but receive everlasting life. If you're listening, you say, I'm ready to call on that one and only name, Jesus, that can save me. Would you pray with us right now? The rest of us, can we help? Can we help them pray? So let's pray out loud with them. Let's help them out. TCI, Borman, Warren, let's go ahead and pray. If you're praying this for the first time, simply mean it. And let's begin with this. Say this prayer after me. Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. This day, I look to Jesus Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. And this day, I call on your name. I receive you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, you may not have felt anything, but a miracle just happened. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future destination. God's your father. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.